Good morning. If you want to, go ahead and uh, flip over to Matthew 25. We will come back to that in just a moment, but you can go ahead and flip there if you want to. Uh, so, most of y'all know, this week, uh, the youth group and some adults and some people from Northridge in Mount Pleasant, uh, we went to Dallas Life. And for those of you who don't know, it's a homeless shelter. They minister to the homeless. It's a really great work. Um, our kids had a great time. I think that they were definitely touched by the people there, both the volunteers and the, uh, the residents as well. Um, I know I definitely was, and I hope that the people there were touched as well. Uh, we also, let's see, what did we do? We, uh, we volunteered with the kitchen. We helped prepare meals. We, um, we helped serve meals. And my personal favorite was working with the kids. Uh, I think that was really everybody's favorite. There were kids all the way from the nursery all the way up to probably 16 years old. And uh, that, was, that was real good and real fun. Uh, we also did a lot of stuff together as a youth group. Uh, we, you know, we sat around and we shared what we had learned from the week. We uh, discussed things. We had devos. We even went to a water park. Uh, the highlight of the week was when Ethan Hall tried to get a $20 tattoo from a homeless guy. Uh, Miss Roden, you're welcome. I know I'm a great intern. I talked him out of it. So he did not go through with that, and he told me I could tell that today. Uh, so after being at Dallas Life for a week, and after seeing the great work and the great ministry that's going on there, uh, it got me to thinking, how can I incorporate that into a sermon, and how can I incorporate that into a lesson? And so I guess you could say that what I took from Dallas Life, uh, I hope to share with you, and I feel like a lot of people in our youth group also took this from Dallas Life, and that is changing the way we look at people and the way we look at people who may be a little different than us, maybe have a little less than us, and when I say less, I mean less as in the world says is less. Um, so right now, let's go to Matthew 25. Uh, we're going to start in verse 34. Jesus says, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Uh, I think this verse definitely hit home this week, and I saw a lot of this going on. Not really, I mean, from us, because we were just there temporarily for the week, but from the volunteers and the staff and all the great people at Dallas Life and at the other church we went to at Cornerstone Baptist who were doing the same kind of work, uh, see them really brought out in this passage right here. And I think Jesus often stresses and Jesus also often displays the, the need for physical healing and for just helping people's physical pain and physical needs. We see that with Jesus healing the leper, making the lame walk, um, just all these things Jesus shows throughout his life. Before he even starts preaching, before he even starts talking about God and what is to come, he always helps people. And I think that is something that we often forget. We often forget that people are not going to really, don't tend to listen to you 
if they're in pain, if they, they're hungry, if they're thirsty. So Jesus said, if you do these things to these people, you're doing them to me. And I think that Francis of Assisi said it best when he said, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. I think that is a great quote and a great thing to live by. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. In other words, living the gospel is going to show more people Christ than just preaching it. I'm not saying we don't need to preach the gospel. That's what I'm doing right now. But they go hand in hand. If you, if you show people Christ, they're going to want to listen to you. If you just come up and start saying, hey, listen, what I got to tell you, those crazy guys you see on the corner with the sign saying the end is near, nobody's listening to them because they're not showing Christ. They're just yelling and they're just saying a bunch of stuff that nobody wants to listen to. Um, so let's think about it this way. So you've got three different Christians. Um, and there's a homeless man on the side of the road. The first guy drives up, and the guy's got the homeless man has a sign, and it says, need help, down on my luck, you know, whatever, whatever their normal signs say. First guy says, all right, uh, what do you need really? He said, well, I need a place to stay tonight. I've been out in this Texas heat, and it's, it's really killing me. He says, all right, so he get in my car. And they drive, they go to a hotel, he buys him a room for a couple nights, gives him some money for uh, some food, and then the next day the guy's back on the street. Second guy comes along, looks at his wife and says, look at that bum, you know, whatever it is, he can figure it out himself. He's just lazy, he doesn't deserve it. I mean, he does, I mean, I'm not gonna help him out. The third, next day, third guy comes along, says, hey man, rolls out his window, says, what do you need? The guy says, oh man, I really just need a place to stay or I just need some money to get me back on my feet. I just need some help. Guy says, well, um, I really want to do that, but hey, I'm having church on Sunday. You can come to church with me. The guy says, I think I'll pass and just wait for somebody else. So who really showed Christ? The third guy invited him to church, right? The second guy, well, nobody should be like the second guy, but the first guy, the first guy really showed Christ. The first guy built a relationship with the guy. The first guy said, hey, I see that you have physical pain and physical suffering, and you've been out here in this heat let me, let me help you out. Let me bring you in. Let's go. Uh, let's fix this. And I think that's what Jesus is stressing here, that if you help people with their physical needs, not just because you want to preach to them, but because you love them, then they will then listen to you. You have to form relationships with people. And we talk about this a lot, and we say, yeah, let's do that. But how do we do that? But guys, there's thousands of people in Paris, Texas, who are lost, there are thousands of people in Lamar County who don't know Christ and who are on the side of the road, who are homeless, who have needs, who have physical needs, and we aren't helping them. And, and I'm talking to myself, too. I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm saying this because I feel this and I see this in myself. Just think about it. There are somebody this week, this past week, probably in Paris, Texas, died and did not know Jesus Christ. Does that not make, does that make you cringe? It makes me sick in my stomach to think that somebody right out there died this week and did not know Jesus Christ. And we could have done something about that. So why aren't we reaching these people? Why are we, as a church, not, in, in general, reaching all these thousands of lost people here in our own community? Let me. And when I'm saying all this stuff, I'm talking to myself, too. Don't feel like I'm just yelling at you. I, I feel this in myself, and that's why I'm passionate about it. So... Two reasons, two major reasons that I see why we aren't really reaching 
the community and reaching the lost. And the number one is we don't care about physical healing like we should. Um, like I said, the homeless guy on the side of the road or the people who walk through the doors and maybe they don't have a lot of money and they need some help with their bills. They need a place to stay for the night. They need whatever it is. And we say we're kind of reluctant to help them out or we're kind of like, well, this is our money, you know. We're going to use it for our youth group. We're going to use it for whatever. And, or the guy that you see on the side of the road when you pull up and you're like, that's my money. I'm, I'm going, going to go eat. I don't really have that much to spare. That's one reason, guys. But love, love is an action. Love is not just saying, hey, I love you. Hey, man, come to church. I love you. God loves you. Love is an action. If you don't believe me, let's go to 1 John chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 16. It says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid, his, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So if, if someone has material possessions and does not have pity on the person who doesn't have enough, it says, how can the love of God be in that person? That's powerful. I mean, that, that's blunt, and that's right at you, and it's honest. And I think our church does a really good job. I would say better than most churches in this area of helping people who walk through that door. And I see it every day. People walk in, and they need things, and we give it to them, because, and I think that's great. But we can always do more. And I'm not talking about the budget, and I'm not talking about the, the staff. I'm talking about all of us. We're all involved in this. When you, when you see someone who is in need, God says, give to them because out of love. Not because out of, you know, it's, it makes you look good or whatever, but because out of love. Um, now let's go to James chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 14. James writes, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does not do anything about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you, want to, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is con considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. It says, there it is again, faith without deeds is dead, or faith without works is dead. 
What does it mean if you have faith in God, but you don't express that faith through love and through works? He says it's dead. Um, I think my, my Bible professor last semester at Harding put it the best. He says, God, we are God's children. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. God gives us his love. He pours out his love to us, and we then pour it out to the lost and for those people that are searching for something that they don't know what they're searching for. And that's how we show God's love. That's how we bring people to Christ. Not through great, word, or great words, not through great preaching, but through God's love poured out to us, and then we then pour it out to them so they can know God. And I thought that was a great example that he gave us. So, and another great quote I found was, live out our faith in God by following his perfect commands. And following his perfect commands, what is that? Well, we've read a lot of those. Um, loving our neighbor, helping others, and just being like Jesus. Not just saying we're like Jesus, but actually reading what Jesus was like and actually being like Jesus Christ. So that was the first reason I gave for why I think we aren't reaching people. So we don't care about physical, physical healing like we should. The number two reason, I would say, is our judgment of people's past is blocking the message of God. So let's think about something for a minute. Uh, I told this to the youth group earlier this week in a Devo. Let's say... Let's think about God. Think about who God really is. If you ever really stopped and thought who God really is, God created you, created me, created the planets, put them in orbit, created the stars, created everything. I I get lost for words trying to talk about this because there just aren't any words to describe God. Um, Just think, guys, we haven't even been outside our own uh, solar system. There's so much more out there. There's so much, it's just great expanse so far that we will never even reach. And God is bigger than that. God created all of that. And that blows my mind. And then he became a man. That, that God, that creator of everything became this. And then on top of that, he died. How, how, do you, how does God die? That blows my mind. How does God, the creator of everything, die? But he did it for what reason? For us. And when he was up on that cross, he looked up and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He looked down and he saw Austin Anthony. And he saw my sin. He saw my greed, my lust, everything that I've ever done, everything that I ever will do. And he said, Father, forgive him, because he doesn't know what he's doing. Father, forgive these people who are killing me, for they don't know what they're doing. He, he didn't say, well, you know, Austin's he's not really that good of a guy. I don't think I'm going to do this. Or that guy on the side of the road, you know, he's, maybe he was a little lazy in his life. Or maybe he was, whatever it is, it, it doesn't matter. Jesus died for that. Jesus died for everyone. And so I think, how can I judge anyone else's, anyone else's circumstance because Jesus died for mine? I, Jesus looked at all of ours the same. Jesus was perfect. And I don't think we really think about that that much. Jesus was perfect. Like, he had never messed up. How, how do you think that made him feel to go die on that cross, knowing that he had never done anything? Well, he loved us, and it would have made me feel, well, I can't say how it would make me feel because I'm not God, but. So that would be my number two point. Don't let your judgment of people's past or people's present situation get in the way of God's love and God's message whether they sin differently than you or they have some of those weird, quote, weird sins that we don't want to deal with, that we don't feel comfortable dealing with, 
that society tells us is just out there and weird, um, don't let that get in the way of loving people and spreading God's message. So what can we do to fix this? How can we reach the lost? How can we reach people? And this is just my own personal opinion. You have your own. Um, Like I said, I'm not preaching at you. I'm talking to myself, too. Let me give a specific example. Here in probably 10 minutes or so, you're going to walk out those doors. You're going to drive to a restaurant. When you're driving to that restaurant, somebody's going to cut you off. When you get to the restaurant, somebody's going to get your order wrong. Somebody's going to mess up. Somebody's not going to have a table for you. So what are you going to do? Are you going to get mad because somebody messed up one meal in your life? You know how many meals you're going to have in your life? You're going to get mad because some guy who was in a hurry cut you off? Or are you going to show Jesus love? And I would be a hypocrite if I didn't tell this story right now. Yesterday we were at Chicken Express, me and my family, and <laughs> this lady, uh, all the, we were, mom, mom was with us, so we had her wheelchair, and this lady was in the last handicapped parking spot. Nobody else was in her vehicle, and she walks out, she's a bigger lady, she walks out and gets in her car. And it's like, well, we had to park all the way over here and roll the wheelchair, and she's taking up a handicapped spot because she's a little bit bigger. So I, I said, I yelled at her, and I said, said, being fat's not a reason to take up a handicapped spot. <laughs> I had to say it because I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't. I don't know if she heard me. Her window was rolled up. So, but... And I wasn't showing Jesus. I wasn't. I, and honestly, I was not showing Christ in that situation. And that happens on a daily basis. We have op- little opportunities like that to show people Christ. So when you go out there, and the other day when we were coming back from Dallas Life, uh, I saw this homeless guy on the side of the road, and he had one of those signs. And I don't know if he's still out there, but there's always someone right there. I'm not telling you to pull out your wallet and give him 100 bucks. But feel compassion for that person. Feel, you don't have to do it every time you go by, but say, hey, man, what, what can I do for you? Can I, can I get you something to eat? Can I give you a few bucks for maybe a place to stay or just whatever it is? Um, and then a more broad example would be when people walk through those doors, like I said, not to judge their past. Not, if they're wearing a suit and tie, great. If they're wearing flip-flops and a hat, who cares? Guys, Jesus Christ didn't wear a suit and tie. Jesus Christ wasn't an American. Jesus Christ didn't speak English. Jesus Christ was kind of a weird guy. He was a, well, to us, he would be kind of weird. He was a Middle Eastern homeless Jew. Think about that. Think about American society and how some people look at Middle Easterns or not really Jews, but homeless people. And Jesus wasn't popular. He was popular with the the average person, but the people who were up in the world, up in society, they hated him. He wasn't the guy on the news. He wasn't uh, the guy on the football field. He wasn't the famous actor or actress. Jesus was a homeless guy who just loved people. So when you see those people out there, Jesus said in Matthew 25, he said, when you help those people, you're helping me. You're helping me. And you will be blessed because of that, he says. But we shouldn't do it for that reason, because we'll be rewarded. We should do it because we love that person, because Jesus first loved us. So the last thing I want to leave you with is, actually it's Luke 10, 58 says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And that just goes to show you that Jesus really was homeless. Jesus really was that that weird guy that we see on the side of the road. So I just want to say that if you're here today and you maybe you feel like that person 
Don't be discouraged. Jesus was that person. Um, if you feel like you're searching for something that you don't know how to find and you want to talk to somebody, there's going to be some great guys standing up here, here in a minute. Come talk to them. If you don't feel comfortable talking to them, I'll be at the back. You can come talk to me. You don't have to commit to anything. I'm not going to baptize you if you don't want to be. Uh, so if, if, you're, if you feel like you're missing something, if you feel like you need prayers or anything, just come up here as we stand and sing.